Okay, next one. I'm like, are my shoulder blades completely yeah. They're not. I yeah. still feel it in my abs. Okay, Glennon, huh? just stand and hold this. Oh, I'll man. demonstrate this one. One person, hold it to the side like that. Again, keep your leg planted like this. So you want to touch the floor across. Okay. Okay, Clement, you can go to go first. Down you go. So hold on to this, make a fist. Touch the floor. There. Two. Three. Okay. Clement? Hold on to this for me. So hold the handle. Whenever Johnny says hold anything for me. So this one, we are going to use the punching bag. So back up more. Give me some tension. Okay, that much, yeah. Oh my god, let's go snap. You, you don't have to do it that much tension with each other, but for me, from here. Okay, this is where you really have to trust your partner because if I let go, <laughs> okay, so work with each other. Attack the, attack the bag. Go, 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 go. <laughs> hit, Matt, hit. Keep going, 20 seconds. Time! It's funny, with my keto throw, this throw doesn't look super hard. If I just do this, that doesn't hurt here. But if I did that on the street, right. where there's no matting? Especially if the person doesn't know how to break their fall. Like if I threw him really hard, he one knows how to roll fast. And two, if he falls backwards, it's not gonna hurt. Mm -hmm. Much. But on concrete, it's different, right? Welcome back to the Johnny Tiger Experience Podcast. The best podcast in the world. <laughs> Episode 61. Today's quote. We must not let the clock and the calendar to blind us to the fact that every moment in our life is a miracle and a mystery. I am Johnny Tiger. And this is my reality. You ask me if I love you, and I choke on my reply. I'd rather hurt you honestly 
Let me lead you with a lie. And who am I to judge you on what you say or do? I'm only just beginning to see the real you. And sometimes when we touch, the honesty is too much. And I had to close my eyes. I wanna hold you till I die, till we both break down and cry. I wanna hold you till the fear meets the sun. No man shall know. His strategy gave me badly with my pride, but through the insecurity, some tenderness survived. I'm just another writer, so travels in my truth. A Hello, 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 my friend. Welcome back to the show. This is the first episode of 
this, yes, this is still season two. We have not gone over to season three. Reason being that I'm going to take a vacation in March. I'm going to be away for the entire month of March, and after I come back, I'll have to take a bit of time to before、uh, starting the show again. So I figure that will be the better cutoff point. So. Up until then, it's still season two, and don't you worry, there will still be a season three, hopefully season four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and so on and so on.、Uh, I have a lot of materials. Now there will be changes coming up in season three. We will sadly lose Cam、uh, as a guitar one on one, but uh, don't worry, I will find other things to entertain you guys with. Um, so I hope everyone had a happy New Year, Merry Christmas, had a good holiday, and now we are back grinding our gear.、Uh, hopefully, you all have some new things starting in your life in 2019. God knows that I definitely have a lot of things coming up.、Uh, a lot of them I am not going to discuss here yet, but、uh, it's going to be an interesting, interesting year,、uh, to say the very least. Now, I'm sure we've all heard this. Listen to your elders because they're wiser, they've lived longer, and you can get a lot of wisdoms from them. Well, that is true. I'm sure you guys can agree that sometimes those elders, in particular our parents, can say some really messed up stuff.、Um, I don't know about your parents, but my parents definitely gave me enough of a WTF moment. Uh, all the time I was growing up, and today I'm going to talk about one of those very much so WTF moment that just came out of nowhere、uh, from my dad.、Uh, if you have funny WTF moment、uh, that you got from your elders, your parents, your grandparents, feel free to send it to my email johnnytiger@shaw.ca. If you don't remember that email, don't worry. I will announce it again at the end of the show, and the one that actually makes me laugh the hardest will receive a little reward from the Johnny Tiger Experience podcast. What will the reward be? Well, that will be a surprise. Previously on Johnny Tiger. Sitting around the dinner table, I was, I guess, sixteen. So my younger brother at the time, fourteen years old, just started to explore girls, falling in love, and you know have these devastating puppy love and all that stuff, totally neglecting his homework. So when we were eating dinner. My dad started lecturing him about, "I don't want you to hang out with that girl so much. You shouldn't be talking on the phone this much. You should focus on your schoolwork." Yada yada yada, blah blah blah. And then my younger brother puffed out his chest and said, "Dad, it's love. You don't understand it." And then. My dad said the following. He said, 
Love? Don't you dare talk to me about love until you at least know what a fucking pussy looks like. <laughs> and the rest of us, we're just, whoa, what a <laughs> Did you just say that? <laughs> Listening to the Johnny Tiger Experience podcast, the most chaotic and fun field podcast around. Hi, I am Allison, and I am here to tell you of a great way to help out your favorite podcast. Hmm, which podcast is that? Of course, this one. <laughs> <clears throat> Even though robot beauties like myself don't eat much, we still like to feel appreciated. Show your support by making a small monthly contribution. Go to www.patron.com slash experience. Again, please visit www.patron.com slash experience. Hello, this is Cam. Welcome to Guitar 101. On Thursday morning, I woke up, frightened of everything. Which is a thing that anxiety sufferers will understand. But it's a thing that took me by surprise and left me reeling. And I couldn't really realize why. You know, the anxious thoughts were, oh wow, it's back with a vengeance. How am I gonna do the things that I need to do? And for the first part of the day, I couldn't. But eventually I got myself up and I put on some TED Talks about mindfulness because that's the thing I've been interested in a lot recently. It's a thing that's really helped me and I thought maybe I could shake out some of the grains of wisdom from these talks or maybe just a few words here and there that might help me with focus and perspective and clarity. Almost immediately, a lady was talking about mindfulness and the problems that she faced. And she was told by a monk, what we practice grows stronger. And for me, that was a stop what you're doing and stand still moment because it resonated with me firstly I think because perhaps I'm a musician and I saw the truth of it straight away I see it every day when I'm practicing something and eventually it does grow stronger you know whether it's a new piece of music or a new skill at first it's hard and then it becomes easier and more fluid and by the end it doesn't require conscious thought. And I think the same thing applies to emotions. You know, we sometimes allow ourselves to be governed by emotions, especially negative ones, because they hit us so hard. And our minds wonder 
47% of the time, our minds are wandering off, according to a Harvard research paper, which is another thing I learned on Thursday. But I realised what I had been doing was practising, and what I'd been practising was taking control, giving myself credit for the good things that I did, giving the people around me credit for the help that they give me and the inspiration and the courage. And I realised that the reason I was reeling wasn't because the anxiety was so strong and so overwhelming, but because it was so unexpected, because I'd been doing so well and had taken control. It no longer controlled me, I controlled it. What we practise grows stronger. So, if you have an emotion that really governs you sometimes, whether it's anger or envy or anything strong that affects your ability to do or not to do things, then why not just take a couple of minutes to practice the opposite? Think about it, you know, or just sit quietly. Because another good saying, from stillness comes clarity. Or just noting when you feel it, you know, oh, it's an angry thought or an angry feeling. Because another study shows that 50% reductions are possible in the strength of these emotions simply by noting them. It may sound like new age hippie nonsense to some people, but it really, really works. So if you've got something that you want to change or you just want to control, it's an emotion that gets in the way of your everyday life. Just practice something else. It'll be hard at first. Everything is. But it gets easier. And eventually, like learning a piece of music, it will require no conscious thought. By the end of that day, I went to a band practice with some incredible human beings that I'm lucky enough to call my bandmates. And I was smiling and I was grateful to them. And I gave them credit when I got home for the way that they helped me. And I gave myself credit for getting up and getting on and sneakily putting one of my own lyrics into this post. And all that I can really think now is what we practice grows stronger. Cooking 101, where happy cooking leads to happier meals. Oops, crap. And welcome back to Cooking 101, where I share with you little cooking tips and techniques and sometimes recipes. Today we are going to look at how to do good fried rice. Uh, 
yeah, fly the lights, huh? Because a lot of uh, Caucasian people think that uh, we Chinese, we don't know the difference between our R and our L. So, quite often when you hear them imitate Chinese people, they say, uh, rather than fried rice, yes, I can pronounce that just, you know, just fried rice. Okay, thank you very much. I can pronounce that fine. But we don't have to say fried rice. <laughs> That little rant over. Now, I have gotten questions uh, randomly on how to cook good fried, I mean fried, <laughs> fried rice. <laughs> um, and, I mean, who best to cook, uh, to know how to cook good fried rice than a Chinese, right? Eh? So, I'm going to um, give you a generalized idea on how it's done. Uh, there are so many different ways to cook fried rice, but uh, I'm going to give you a simple recipe But uh, at the end of this post that you can copy and use uh, But if you don't want to do that, you can convert it uh, and play around with it Now there are three key things you need to know about how to cook good fried rice <clears throat> First and foremost is you don't want to use fresh rice and you don't want to use rice that is too soft to do good fried rice it is said generally it's best to do it with leftover rice so rice you know if you want to do it tomorrow best to cook the rice today and then stick that rice in the fridge overnight and then cook it tomorrow and your rice will have the right body texture The second most important ingredient in a good tasty fried rice is lots and lots of green onion. And sometimes uh, chopped up cilantro is just as good. Although one quick note about putting cilantro in your fried rice is you do not want to put it in too early. Only mix it in at the very very end of your cooking time. Otherwise those cilantro is going to uh, get overcooked. The third and quite often forgotten part about fried rice is rice is the operative word here. So you need to let rice be the dominant texture. Now when we talk about cooking or uh, high-end cooking or gourmet cooking or educated cooking, whatever snobbish term we want to apply, Texture, presentation, and taste that are equally important. So a good fried rice must have enough rice. You know, you, if, you, if you put in like a, a ton of other ingredients and you know, you, you're just mostly tasting the vegetable and the meat and very little rice, that's not good fried rice. Good fried rice must have rice being the dominating texture when you eat it. This is also why in fried rice we cut things up very small. Uh, things are diced or minced when used in fried rice because we want that rice to be the uh, dominating texture, dominating taste. So that's it. 
uh, I'm going to give you a, a little recipe as I promised. Uh, what I do, it will require two eggs, one to two cups of uh, dye stuff or ground meat. Uh, what I quite often use is I buy those cheddar uh, hot dog or cheddar smokies and cut them out very small and use those. You will need a whole bunch of green onion, chop them up nice and small, and uh, uh, put them in two separate uh, containers because you, you need to use them separately. So you need uh, two, like one bunch of green onion chopped and separated into two piles. Garlic, chili pepper, ginger, a bit of soy sauce, some coconut oil, uh, and rice, of course. Uh, in this case, probably two to three cups of cooked rice. Uh, you can also add bacon bits and other little touches. Like I said, it's very versatile, so you can play around with it. So what I do is I fried the two eggs with one uh, with a half of the chopped up green onion first. I do my egg sunny side up, don't overcook the egg. After you fry the egg, set that aside on the dish and we're going to come back to it later. In a hot skillet, pour in three tablespoons of coconut oil and then throw in the chopped ginger, garlic, and chili pepper. Let them crisp up uh, for about one to two minutes frying on high and then toss in the meat and whatever uh, other vegetable you desire to use at this stage. You can use chopped carrot, you can use mushroom, mushrooms are really really good. Uh, you can use uh, corn or peas uh, or green bean. Uh, now, if you use green bean, make sure to chop them up small, otherwise it's not going to fry evenly. Fry the vegetable and the meat uh, for three to five minutes on medium. And at this point, carefully mix in the rice. Uh, make sure you give it a good stir, so the rice and the ingredients get mixed together, otherwise you end up with only rice one bite and only meat and vegetable next bite. So make sure you mix it well. Toss, uh, toss in the egg that we fried and use a spatula to break it up and mix it in with the rice and ingredient. Let it fry for another three to five minutes and then mix in the rest of your green onion and this is the time when you uh, throw in uh, the soy sauce. Usually one to two tablespoons is enough depend on, depending on how salty you like your stuff. After you mix in the green onion and soy sauce, just give it a good, good mix. Turn the fire back to high. Let it sit there for about a minute and then turn off the fire and let the 
skillet sit there for another three minutes and then it's ready to serve. Like it, hate it, let me know. As usual, happy cooking, happy meal, and have a good day. The following commercial contains some strong language and suggestions of a sexual nature. If you are under the legal age or are easily offended, please skip forward two minutes. Now, right now, still here? Okay then, here we go. And now, a word from our sponsor. Welcome to the rail. Are you looking for love? Oh yeah, we've got love. What is it that you like about my tits? You have construction tits. I sure do enjoy snacking on the pink velvet meat curtains. He masturbated in my inbox. Oh my lord. Are you looking for peace and tranquility? We got plenty of that too. You are nobody to me. I don't know you, but if I know anything about Mexican men, is that they are only out for one thing. So listen, Fleabag, leave me alone and stop messaging me or I'm going to mute you. I think you're full of shit, to be honest. I don't like how you talk about women. I was raised by a woman. I got a daughter and all that nigga. Fuck you, nigga. Fuck all that, you heard me? You bitch. I hope you know that it's only gonna get worse for you. What you did to me was not good and you will pay for it. Or are you looking to extend the hand of friendship? You all either fucking get along with me on here or mute me, or guess what? I will just fucking disappear and never fucking come on here ever again. Don't mind me, I'm using the restroom, I apologize. I normally don't do this on a question, but I wanted to get my feelings out. I'm obese. Would you sit next to me on a plane? Get on my thread, follow the rules. Smack that ass thread. All chatter, no text. So, if you're just looking to bone your way through a bunch of visually impaired bitches and hoes, or just wish to cast judgement on somebody for having a speech impediment, why not get Varail today? Varail is available from the Apple and Android app stores, no purchase necessary. I think for me, being a blind martial artist for so many years, the one constant heartache has always been that no matter how good I do, I never will be able to gain the recognition in my parents' eyes as a blind martial artist. They believe that I can do music, they believe that I can do art, they believe that I can uh, do well in other areas, but martial art is something that they'll always sneer at because they believe a blind person cannot fight. This may be why I try so hard to convince the world. Maybe in the end, I just want to convince myself and my parents. I remember back when I was in my early 17, maybe late 16, uh, one night we were at the dinner table and uh, my brother, my older brother David, was talking about some fight that uh, he's gotten into. And my father said, Ah, oh, you are so stupid. Like, how can you be so weak? 
if you are fighting, you need to do this and that. And my brother David said, "Wow, there were like two of them, and you know, I'm not like Johnny. I'm I don't know how to fight like Johnny." And my dad just scoffed and he said, "What are you talking about? Johnny's blind. Johnny can't fight. Don't, don't play into his fantasy." And he turned to me. He said, "You, you know that, right? You're blind. You can't fight, no matter how good you think you are." And David, bless his soul, stood up for me and he said, "No, Dad, you don't understand. Johnny is a very good fighter." My dad said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever." No, he's blind. What do you mean he's a good fighter? I I can I can probably fight him without even block. I can stand in front of him and beat him. Look at how many times that I mess him up.、Um, my brother said that's because he's not hitting back. That's he's afraid he he's afraid of you because you're. Our dad, he he he's not fighting back. If he's fighting back, the story would be different. My dad turned to me and said, "Do you agree with him? Do you really think that if even if you fight back, you can beat me?" I didn't know how to answer that. I just like shrugged. I I don't know. I I guess so. So my dad said, "So so you really think that if you hit back, if I let you hit me?" You will win. I said again. I guess so. I mean, how do you expect me to answer that? My dad said, "Okay. Do you will you dare to fight me in a boxing match? Not as father and son, just man to man. Well, do do you think you can beat me?" I was thinking. Well. All these years that I didn't dare raise a hand to him because he was my father, and now he said he want to do a man to man. That was giving like giving me the golden opportunity. I didn't. I wasn't sure if I would win, but I was pretty certain that I would. I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but、uh, so I said, "Hell yeah! You serious? You really want to do it?" And of course, by this time, he didn't feel like backing down. So he said, "Okay, I'm going to give you three days, enough time for you to think this through and maybe come to your senses. In three days, we're going to go to the gym and we're going to go into that ring, and I'm going to put you in the hospital again. Not his exact word, but something like that. Basically, I'm going to beat the crap out of you to get this fantasy out of your head. So every day from that day on." Well, whenever we talked, he's like, "Have you reconsidered? Have you come to your senses?"、Uh, I just smile. No, this is great. I'm looking forward to it. And he just got more nervous, more nervous. And、um, finally, the day came around. We, the whole family, trooped down to the gym, and him and I stepped onto the mat and uh, uh, pulling on. I was pulling on my glove, and he start. He got. Sulky, as you said, you seriously would hit your own father. I said, "Well, you you challenged me. You said I'm man to man. You said like not father and son, right? Like why not?" And he 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 repeated again. He said, "You would really do that. You would fight your own father." I said, "Yeah. You you said you said we are going to do this. Come on." And he kind of paused for a bit and. 
threw down his glove, turned, and walked back to the car. He said, fuck this shit. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, even to this day, so many years later, he was still, he's still stubborn. He will still say that Johnny is blind. Johnny cannot fight. <sighs> To another episode of Night Strike 101, where I show you self-defense and martial art related stuff. Hopefully you never have to use any of these techniques, but if one day you find yourself in the hard situation, hopefully they will be of some use. One thing that, or I should say one reason why I drifted from martial art to martial art in my early years, was that I realized early on that there is so much out there to learn and unfortunately most martial art focus on only one facet of the many faceted crystal. Judo focuses on throws, Jiu-Jitsu focuses on chokes and joint manipulation, boxing focuses on powerful punches, Muay Thai focuses on how to use your knees and elbow and so on and so on. And only by trying out and absorb as many of these martial arts as we can with an open mind can we become an all-around, well-rounded, well-balanced fighter. So a couple of years ago, I had the uh, fortune to train under a Silat master. Silat is an Indonesian martial art that until then was largely unknown to me. But soon after I got into training in Silat, I realized one thing that is so awesome about this martial art, that this is in many ways the dream martial art of a blind striker. Because unlike most other striking martial art that teaches you to keep your distance, to circle, to build range. Silat fighters are encouraged to learn the concept called take the space. And this is a, a concept that I should uh, want to make known to all the blind martial artists because it is a very, very intriguing and very useful concept. What do we mean by taking the space in a fight? You either advance or you retreat. There's no holding steady. There's no a static fighter does not last long. You always have to be moving. Now, while most fighters are taught to move in a circular or uh, uh, ranging manner, Silat fighters are extremely aggressive. They con their constant goal is to 
put themselves in your space. Put themselves in your space. What does that mean? That means my opponent stands in front of me. I want to be where he is. Not beside him, not behind him, but his space belongs to me. I want to put my feet where his feet are. I want to put my body where his body is. I want to put my hip where his hip is. In another word, I want my goal uh, in doing this is to take and conquer, take and conquer. Never moving back unless there's a space behind me I want to take. The whole philosophy of this fighting style is to force your opponent into a retreat, to force your opponent out of their space, and to force them to make a mistake. Most human beings have an instinctual reaction when someone steps up super close to you. Try it if you like. If you have a partner to try it with, get them to stand there, and then you walk purposefully into them. Like, don't stop before running into them. Just walk into them. Most people have an instinctual reaction to shy away from that. Most people will instinctually step out of their space and give in their space to you. And this concept is very useful for a blind fighter because obviously ranging kind of attack is always putting us at a disadvantage. So. Our best chance is to get in close, get up close. But what if we don't want to grapple? Then we learn to force them into a retreat. We learn to take their space and make them stagger back, make them stagger to the side. And at the same time, we can deliver our own attacks. I want to show you um, a little demonstration just how much more powerful uh, Simple, a simple act is when you put yourself in the space of the target. In front of me is my training dummy. He weighs 300 pounds. He is mounted on a spring. This is to say when I hit him, he won't fall over. He will just rock on the base. Now, I'm going to put my hand onto his chest and shove as hard as I can. Again. I don't know if the phone can pick that up, but all it does is make him rock back and forth really badly on his face. But that's all. If I put my hand on the chest of a, a real person and sh just shove like that, Maybe they'll stagger back a few steps if I am really strong, but most likely, yes, they'll be able to uh, brace themselves against that. Now, same experiment, I put my ha hand on the target, and let's say I step uh, through, I step through to the side, or I step behind and shove, like a like judo fighters like to do, step behind you, step around you, okay? Put my hand on target, step, shove. Okay, wider arc, but still, you can hear that it doesn't make much of any kind of impact. Now, 
if I put my hand on the target, and rather than standing still, rather than stepping around it, if I put my foot and hip as close to it as I can, taking its space as I shove. That's the sound of a 300 pound target leaving the floor. Again, putting my hand on the target, stepping into its space. That demonstration alone shows us that by taking the space, we massively amplify the power of our attack, strikes, grapple, anything. We'll probably come back to this later because it is a concept that uh, will take more than one episode to teach. But I think it's also a very simple concept that most of you probably got a good idea of what I'm talking about by now. So, thanks for checking out today's Night Strike 101. Have a good evening and be safe out there. Welcome back to another episode of Blades 101 where I talk about sharp and fun toys like knives and swords, axes and chainsaws, all that cool stuff. Today we are going back to the basic one to talk about functionality and more importantly this thing that you'll constantly be hearing about when you mess about with swords and knives. It's called Tang. What is the Tang? Well, what does it do exactly? There's a lot to it, but we are going to look at the most basic and uh, what, why is it so important to know what kind of Tang construction your blade has. Since no, people no longer really have to depend on their sword and their blade. Nowadays, we are seeing more and more of what we call sword-like objects. These are swords that look like swords, they feel like swords, some of them are even sharp, but they are made for decoration. They are not made so they can survive or be trusted to, to cut solid objects. What I mean is, the makers often cut corners where the tang is concerned. Now what is the tang? The tang is the part of the metal, the part of the sword 
that goes into or forms the handle, the hilt of the blade. How, let's step back and look at how a blade is usually made. A blade is usually made by hammering or forging a long bar of steel or iron into that blade shape. On the one end, you have the sharp, tapered blade, and the other end is left in a long, squarish shape. So you can hold on, hold on to it. That is your basic skeletal blade, a long bar of metal. One end is tapered, one end is sharp. The other end is square, but it's all one piece of metal, so it won't break in the middle. After that, uh, wood or copper or brass can be bolted onto that handle, so holes are drilled through the handle, and additional materials can be bolted on both sides of the metal, so give you a better grip. Or some people will tie paracord, or in the case of samurai swords, they have silk wrapped around this uh, blunt end of the metal. That gives you your hilt of the sword. This is to say, when you grab this hilt and swing the sword, you're swinging this solid length of metal. And it should stay in one piece even when encountering a solid object. Now, what happened then? Today is a lot of knife makers and sword makers. They say, okay, since people don't have to go to war using their swords and these or knives anymore, they just want to look cool. So we'll give them something that look cool. But to save money, we will save, we'll shave off the metal from the blunt end of the sword. So rather than a full handle length, let's say a foot long uh, part of the metal that is blunt, now you end up with maybe only three inch of that blunt part. The rest is melted down, shaved off, because hey, if we cut enough corner, we can make another sword just using this hilt material. In other words, if, I, if I'm a sword maker, if I save metal from three sword hilt, that gives me enough metal to forge a new sword all on its own. It's a great money-saving tactic. But what happened then, then is your hilt is made of a completely different material. And this stub of a, uh, a stubby piece of metal is inserted into that additional outer jacket. This is called stub tang because you're only really working with a stub of a real hilt. What happened when you use, when you try to swing a stub tang weapon? Listen. That's what happened when you try to swing a stop-tang weapon. 
because the force of your swing will jerk the blade back and forth, back and forth on that outer hilt. And if you swing hard enough, it will actually pull the whole blade free of the hilt because there's only a tiny stub of a real hilt in there. It's extremely dangerous. The first time you hit something solid, that blade is gone. It's just going to sail across the room to God knows where. So some sword makers realize that stop tang is a problem. So they say, okay, okay, why don't we give you a full length tang, but we shave it down to as thin as we can. So again, we end up with an outer hilt and the inside hilt is shaved down to only the size of your finger, but it's full length, it goes through the outer hilt and then only capped at the bottom end, maybe bolted on or screwed on. That's cool, okay? That, that's a little bit better. When you swing this, it will still rattle around, but at least it's unlikely to fly out and kill somebody unintentionally. But because of that piece of metal being so thin, the first time you hack into something solid, that's going to snap that tiny, tiny piece of tang. That tang is called rat tail tang because it's like the rat is the tail of a rat at the, at the bottom of your sword. That is just, you know, not quite as dangerous as stump tang, but almost, it's not much better. So, now we look at full tang, which is the unshaven, uncut, no corner cut, full piece of metal. That is the best, that is what's functional. And then we look at stout tang, which is a big no-no. Rat tail tang, still a no-no. And I'm gonna show you guys how you can tell if a sword has a rat tail tang. Or a knife. If you buy a sword or a knife, first look at how the handle is constructed. If the handle is not the same metal as a, as, as a blade, then most likely the handle is either bolted on or uh, you know, slide over the original tang. Now, the handle that are bolted directly onto the tang, that's good. That thing will almost never come loose. You don't have to worry about it. It's a hilt that slide over the original material, like a sheath almost, that's going to be problematic because how are they securing this blade to this uh, hilt, uh, outer hilt? Look at the butt end of the weapon. If the butt end of the weapon has clear mark that there's a pommel, there's a something that uh, bolted on, then most likely that thing in your hand has a rat tail tang which means good to look at, no good to use. When you buy a sword or a knife, look for uh, lugs or nuts or bolts at the side of the hilt. If, uh, if the hilt material, aka scales, 
is bolted properly to the full tank of the blade. There usually would be two to four bolts that you can feel or see along the hilt. These are good construction. These mean this, this hilt is there to stay. This is not going to, uh, the blade is not going to part with the hilt. The blade's not going anywhere, no matter what you cut with it. When you take the sword, give it a good baseball bat swing. And really feel what that sword is doing. If that sword is wobbling a little bit in the hilt, if you feel that thing jumping a little bit in the hilt, then that is either a stub tang or a rat tail tang. It's no good. There should be no rattle at all when you swing a sword. Thanks for checking out today's Blades 101. Be responsible when you're handling sharp objects. Keep them away from little children. And always be mindful of household pet. Be safe, and I'll talk to you guys later. back to fitness 101 where i show you little workout routines and tricks that you can use in your own daily workout or if you don't have a, your own routine you can follow the fitness 101 series or backtrack through old episodes uh, recently i got a private message from a user asking how to do uh, the most basic push-ups and the most basic sit-ups. So I thought it is probably a good time to uh, repost uh, these basic ideas. So today I'm going to show you uh, a couple of the basic push-ups you can do uh, and the most basic sit-ups you can do. Uh, there are a lot of different forms of push-ups, a lot of different forms of uh, sit-ups. Some of them extremely easy, some of them nearly impossible to do. But we will take it slow and uh, start from the easiest. So, how do we do the most basic push-up? We will lay on the floor on our stomach. Get your toes to the floor, push forward push against the floor with your toes, you will notice that that will lift your legs, lift your knees and thighs and uh, shin off the floor, okay? So keep pressure against the floor like that. Now take your hands and bring your arms all the way back, bring your elbow as close to your ribs as you can and your hands 
as close to your armpit as you can. This is your bottom push-up position, okay? Now, imagine, as one of my favorite trainers said, don't imagine you are lifting your own weight because uh, you will feel tired really fast if you think you are lifting yourself. But imagine that you are actually Superman. Imagine that you're shoving the whole planet away from you. So, from hands by our armpit and legs off the floor, only toes touching the floor, we're going to shove forward with our hands and that will push our body off the ground. And then when we bend our hand, our body will come back to the ground. That's one push-up. Technically, there should be no break between each repetition and you, you should uh, get your chest to sort of touch the ground on the way down, but don't rest. So it should be pretty fast, like one, two, one, two, like that. There's no resting in between. Make sure to keep your legs straight. Don't stick your butt up in the air when you get tired. Now for those people who find this push-up really difficult because it is difficult for some uh, beginners. There's a different push-up. Again, we start on our stomach. Now rather than pushing our toes into the ground, I'm going to bend my legs as a knee. Bring my heels back toward my butt. So now my shin and my feet are off the ground and I'm more or less uh, supported by my knees from the waist down. Okay, keep those heels as close to your butt as you can. The hand position is just like the other one. Bring your hands close to your body where your armpits are and then push up. Now you will notice with this one it's a lot easier because your knees are actually taking most of your body weight. Okay? So to compensate for that, we are going to do this one really fast to make it work for us. So for this one, we are going to do it as a speed like one, two, three, four, just bouncing up and down by extending your arm and bending your arm. Okay? No resting. Just fast repetition. One note is that some people, they find that when they do the standard push-ups, uh, when they are on their toes, they keep slipping backward. That is a sign that your core muscles not strong enough. So in that case, if you have that problem, uh, an easy solution is to when you lay on your stomach, have your feet against the wall. So face away from the wall and have your feet against the wall and then get onto your toes. This way, the wall will provide that stability and uh, you won't have to rely on your core so much. Now let's look at the most basic sit-ups. Sit down facing the wall Keep your legs straight in front of you and get your feet against the wall. Okay, legs straight, feet against the wall, facing the wall. Now we lay back on the floor. 
keep your arms straight out in front of you as if you are reaching for something because you will be reaching for the wall. So from our back, I keep my hand, I keep my arms straight in front of me uh, like a zombie, like zombie mode, okay? I'm going to sit up, go get back to a sitting position just by tensing my core muscle and curl my body up and I'm going to reach and pat the wall and then lay back down and then up again, reach, touch the wall lay back down, up, reach, touch the wall that is the most simple sit-ups okay now there are many different thoughts on how to do these exercises some people do it by number if you can do 20 today, you can do 21 tomorrow, you can do 22 next day, that's fine. But uh, for calisthenic purpose, for strength and speed conditioning, we like to do it by time. So rather than thinking how many I can do today, I'm going to set my timer to say 30 seconds. I'm going to see how many push-ups I can do in 30 seconds and then gradually go from there. And then uh, once I'm really good with these, I can increase the timer to one minute and then five minutes. And before you even know it, you can do push-ups or sit-ups non-stop for an hour. So that's it for today's Fitness 101. Sorry for the how simplistic, uh, simplistic this is, but I think it's important for us to revisit some of the basics sometime. Have a good workout and have a good evening. Hi, my name is Kelly, and I'm here to tell you about one of the best self-defense programs I've come across. As a mother of two, I don't have a lot of spare time, so the me time I have needs to be quality and wisely spent. And after trying out various martial arts schools and self-defense programs, I settled on tactical personal protection training. This is the perfect program for women and men looking to seek self-defense training and get in shape at the same time. Within four sessions, I felt empowered and safe, and also managed to drop five pounds. Here at Tactical Personal Protection Training, we train co-ed and tackle real life and death scenarios. The program is an ever-evolving Krav Maga-based fighting system, with an intelligent mix of techniques from other martial arts, such as Kali and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Karate chops, kicking men between the legs, all very cool of course. Actually disarming a gun-wielding psycho and knowing how to survive being attacked by five people at once, much, much better. Tactical personal protection. Start learning how to protect yourself and your loved ones today. For training info, visit us at tacticalpersonalprotection.com. That's tacticalpersonalprotection.com. Mention the Johnny Tiger Experience podcast to get your free session today. This is Captain Lo-Fi.
catch the wind with me now and set sail through a moment of my life on the ocean that is all of life. Those of us who reckon ourselves as her fans generally refer to Emmy Lou Harris as Emmy Lou. Emmy Lou Harris, as far as I can ascertain, began her singing career with Graham Parsons, her short-time boyfriend, in the early 1970s. After he passed away, she moved on to a very fruitful and successful solo career that lasted from the mid-70s to the early 2000s. As one who is fond of her music, over the years I've acquired quite a bit of it. Last weekend, when I was riding the flu out, that flu, I say, that never seemed to want to end, I lay in a feverish half-sleep and listened to music being streamed to a speaker from my computer. I have a rather large rotation list, about 15,000 tracks, but I was amazed and finally annoyed at the number of Emmy Lou songs that kept coming up. Pancho and Lefty, that loving you feeling again, all of them, this sweet old world, they just kept on and on. I was sick already, but I soon grew sick of beloved Emmy Lou. Finally, so much so that I got up and turned the music off. I'm better now. I've been up all day today, and never once have I heard an Emmy Lou song, so I guess iTunes is done with its choice to present me with all those Emmy Lou Harris songs. I'll be over that in a couple of weeks, too, as I really am quite fond of her music. My friend called me this afternoon to see how I was. Are you gonna live, he asked. Yes, I am. Good, he said, let's go to book club. So I showered and got as spruced up as I could and went to book club. The older people in book clubs fell to talking about organized crime in Austin in the 70s. It was very interesting stuff. Stories about death threat phone calls and dead bodies in the trunks of cars. Glad I didn't get here until 1988, but I'm really glad I'm better. And in the background there, is that Emmy Lou? I promise I didn't stage that one.
listening to the Johnny Tiger Experience podcast. Like more Johnny Tiger contents? Sure you do. Go to www.johnnytiger.com and there you can access the YouTube channels, get contact information, and much, much more. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to another action figure review of the week. This week we got the theme song of Terminator. Quite a nice rendition of it, actually. But unfortunately, we are not reviewing a Terminator action figure, not yet, anyway. But this figure we are reviewing this week does、uh, have a lot of similarity to the Terminator theme. We are reviewing manga or manga, depend on how you want to pronounce it. In Japanese art style, anyway, manga Overt Kill, O V E R T K I L L. Originally, he was called Overkill without the T, but then due to a copyright and ownership dispute,、uh, the original artist、uh, took him out of the comic. So from there forth, he became Overt Kill to avoid lawsuit. So as I was saying, we are reviewing Manga Overkill from the Spawn action figure line series ten, Manga Spawn Two. That's quite a mouthful. Basically, Spawn was one of the most successful and revolutionary action figure line in the mid '90s. It revolutionized action figure scene,、uh, made it more adult collector friendly. Uh, the Spawn action figures were gruesome, detailed, and larger than the average action figures back then. It was probably the action figure line that pushed the action figures into the six-inch scale uh, uh, standard. So the Manga Spawn series, which it was series nine and ten, were Spawns and its villains and heroes reimagined in the Japanese feudal Japan. Uh, sci-fi kind of uh, uh, setting, so the art has been redone to fit the more anime or manga style, and the characters took on a new backstory. Many of the characters actually look drastically different in the manga Spawn line, but not Overkill, because in the main story of Spawn, Overkill was already a very Buff, very cybernetic-looking Terminator kind of dude. He's a enforcer for the mafia, and he is decked out in high-tech gadgets. And most of his human flesh has been replaced with steel and wires and cybernetics. He's a really awesome-looking villain, and、uh, even translated into manga style, he's still recognizable as the Overkill that we spawn. Lovers came to like. The figure came out in 1998, has gained somewhat of a vintage status. So nowadays you will have to pay maybe sixty sixty dollar US 
to nab him on the secondary market. He stands just under eight inches tall.、Uh, if you count the top of the fin on his back, and we'll get to that in a second. If you count to the top of the fin on his back, then he is probably almost nine inches in height. And this is an extremely wide and deep figure as well.、Uh, I will give you a better dimension if I can find my ruler here. Ah, there we are.、Um, sorry, I should have had that handy before I started the review.、Uh, a bit of a blooper on my part here.、Uh, the figure is almost six inches wide, and、uh, from front to back. He is almost that deep too, so this is a massive, massive hulking figure.、Uh, most of that bulk is due to the heavy tech armor he's wearing.、Uh, now, looking at the figure, which is chiefly、uh, kind of a blue, light blue, and it's、uh, with a darker steel-colored armor. Uh, it has a massive upper torso with huge arm bulging with muscles,、uh, and a small, tiny head. The head is actually smaller than his hands, and which tell you that this guy probably is not much for thinking.、Uh, he, in this version, his face and his skull is mostly gone, replaced by angular, blocky technology. So he look, the head actually, just. Doesn't even look human anymore. It's just all angular and steel-plated and、uh, sharp with sharp edges.、Uh, there's no nose, no mouth, no ear.、Uh, there's a、uh, slit for the where the eyes can see through this metal construction. The neck is huge. Like the figure's neck is bigger than its head. It has a huge, huge neck.、Um, The hands are of notice too, because the, unlike the human hands, these hands only have three fingers and a thumb, and the the fingers are big, blocky, robot-style fingers. So、uh, they definitely look like he's got his、uh, normal human hand replaced with cybernetic. Actually, the only part on this action figure that look kind of organic. It's、uh, both upper arms because there's a lot of、uh, muscles there, as you can tell. It's、uh, still、uh, organically accurate, and the chest、uh, part of the like all the way going down to the abs that you can see the pectoral row and abs muscle and a bit of the back, but the rest of it it's all、uh, steel and metal and. Uh, uh, wires and cybernetics—it's it, really cool looking.、Uh, the figure has a pair of massive shoulder plate armor with horns on the top. Each horn is almost three inches long, and on its back is a removable piece of armor that has four long、uh, spikes fins. Attached to it, I'm not quite sure what these are supposed to be. Stabilizer, maybe?、Uh, power cell? Nuclear reactor? I don't know. No one seemed to be able to figure out what these are supposed to be. Maybe fusion cannons, plasma cannons. 
but they are facing backward if they were supposed to be guns. Uh, maybe they're supposed to shoot people sneaking out behind him? I don't know. Underneath this back armor, there's a removable little pouch uh, that doubles as a water gun. Uh, you can actually shoot water through this action trigger, which is really cool. And we are going to get to that right now. On the figure's arm, both arms come with a huge spiked shield. And these shields are hinged, so you can open them up and there are all kinds of cool panels and uh, dials sculpted underneath. And on his uh, left arm, there's a button that you can push. And when you push this button, the left fist fires out on a spring, like a spring-loaded missile. Uh, sort of simulating a, like a rocket punch action. And on the right arm, there is a, a tiny arm cannon that uh, actually, when you push the pouch on his back, if you load it with water, the water will shoot out of this arm cannon. Really, really awesome. The action figure is articulated at the neck, waist, shoulders, uh, both elbows, and both hinged uh, shield, right wrist, the left wrist doesn't have any articulation because it's mounted on the spring-loaded mechanism, uh, also articulated at the hips and at the knee. From the side down, it has huge, huge uh, mechanical-looking boots with a pair of wicked-looking spurs on his right boot. So this is a figure that is just loaded with weapons and uh, look like it's ready for war. If you are uh, a collector who like android or cyborg or really cool looking robot, uh, this is definitely something that would fit in with uh, your mecha or robot collection. Uh, and to end the review, we have a short but vicious fight scene taken from Spawn the animated movie between Spawn and Overkill. Thank you for checking out the review and we'll see you guys later. It's exactly 12 midnight in Nairobi. Tell me you're not the guy who took out Tony's men. Tell me it's somebody with some balls. And not some no-talent asshole in a faggy outfit. When threatened, Spawn resorts to what he knows. His ingrained instinct to survive.
Hey Bloop, have you heard about this new text-based RPG online? I have. I believe I know which one you're talking about. It's called Cyber Assault, and it's available at cyberassault.org. Is that the one you're talking about, Leap? Yes, it's really, really cool. And I like it a lot because it's a game that's set in the future where nuclear apocalypse is happening. How exciting, a nuclear apocalypse. We've seen a lot of nuclear apocalypses in our time. However, this text-based RPG is the most accurate game of all time. Very cool. Yes, and it has a cool character class that you can actually choose from, including Borg, Stalker, Caller, Crazy, and Mercenary. I really like the Borg. Reminds me of my robotic mother. Very cool. Very, very cool video game. One more time, Bleep, what's the website? www.cyberassault.org. Check it out. It's free, so do it. You do anything for free these days, goodbye. A young woman who's always had a bad habit of chewing on her fingernails talked to her friend about her issue. I just can't seem to stop, she said. Whenever I get stressed out, I start biting my fingernails. Well, her friend responded, I heard that practicing yoga will give the peace of mind that make you quit these bad habits. So why don't you go and try it? So listening to her friend, the young woman went and signed up for a month of yoga. A month later, she met up with her friend. And her friend asked her, so, did that help? Did that stop you from biting your fingernail? Well, sort of, said the young woman. Now I can bite my toenails. <laughs> <laughs> That's some talent indeed. Very flexible. <laughs> um, as usual, before we end this episode, I'm going to give a shout out and for those of you who like to download movies and convert things to mp3 or other audio format, you may like this recommendation. Go to www.ytdownloader.com YTD Downloader, uh, unfortunately it is not freeware, but if you just use the free version, you can download one item at a time. It will allow you to grab movies from YouTube and many other sites. If you pay them, it will allow you to download three items at the same time. So again, the link is www.ytdownloader.com. And with that, we come to the end of this episode. Thank you for putting up with me this long. And as usual, any feedback, comment, AMA questions, go to johnnytiger at shaw.ca. That's J-O-H-N-N-Y-T-I-G-E-R at S-H-A-W dot C-A. You can find more content on johnnytiger.com and you can find me also on Facebook, YouTube, and many other corners on the internet. For now, farewell. Desperado 
Why don't you come to your senses? You've been outrun fences for so long now. Oh, your hard work. I know that you got your reasons. These things are pleasing you. Can hurt you somehow. Don't you draw the queen of diamond balls? She'll beat you if she's able. The queen of hearts is always your best bet. Now you seem to me so fancy. Have you laid upon your table? But you only want the ones that you can get. Oh, Desperado, oh, you ain't getting no younger. Your pain and your hunger—they're driving you home. And freedom, oh freedom. Not just some people talking. Your prison is walking through this world all alone. Don't you feel it cold in the winter time? The sky won't snow and the sun won't shine. It's hard to tell the nighttime from the day. Love.